Welcome back to Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This episode, I'm joined by 49ers Senior Manager of Stadium and Event Operations, Camilla Hammer. Camilla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. What, I guess to start off, what are your responsibilities as a senior manager of stadium and event operations? My responsibilities here include um, overseeing parking and transportation operations for all large-scale events, but also managing the operations for all the large-scale events. So that includes, of course, the Niners football games, but also any concerts, soccer events, Monster Jam, any other thing we have in the building. I also support our special events team with all the smaller corporate events that we host, and we have lots of them every year. How does your job change when the team is in season versus in the off season? Like you mentioned quite a few events, but does your main job function change between let's say February and July and then like August and January? It changes a little bit, but not by a lot. Um, Because when you're putting together an event, I would say the steps to make it happen are very similar regardless of the type of event that it is. But of course, each event comes with its unique requests, right? Um, Each type of event has its unique characteristics. So I just need to adjust to every single one of them and make sure that we are ready to host them. Um, So off season, of course, there's a little bit more office work when we do inventory and, you know, purchase new items or signage, anything that we may need for the non-NFL events, but also the the football season. You brought up a really great point to like the steps of bringing in or hosting an event. What are your steps to hosting an event? Well, I need to make sure that we get all the information we need from every single department from the organization, right? And put everything together, but also from the client, if we're talking about a non-NFL event. Uh, we need. I have to coordinate and get information with the production company or the entity that is hosting the soccer game, for example. And I need to make sure that everybody has the, commu- the information they need to execute their part of the operations on a timely manner, right? And then communication is a big piece here. For game day specifically, what is your, or for 49ers game day specifically, I guess, what is your routine or your day of routine? Well, I start with the, my one of my favorite playlists, um, some songs that pump me up on my way to the stadium. And I start my day by driving around, checking outside all the parking lots, all signage, uh, some setup to make sure everything's looking good. The moment I get in the stadium, then my, my phone starts ringing all the time and I try to help everybody as much as I can. But I think my favorite part is before we open doors, taking a good look around an empty stadium. And once we're about to kick off, take another look and see how many people are inside and excited and here to to cheer on the team and know that what I do plays a small part in all that. This is going to sound very stalkerish, so I'm prefacing it. But on game day, I 
swear I see you more than I see anyone else. I'll be like walking to the press box and you'll be like escorting the team, like the away team to their locker room. And then I'll be like walking to my desk and you'll be like running across somewhere. And then like after like I'm leaving the press box and you'll be like walking to your office. Do you ever stay in one spot or is your game day like how many steps do you put in? I think we're talking here around 17,000 steps per game. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a good estimate. I know I, I don't stop in one location for too long. Uh, like I said, I, I, I help with a lot of parts of the operation, including, as I mentioned, the visiting team. And, and there's a lot of escorting of other guests around and helping the team um, just oversee how the crowd is approaching the stadium and what we can do to, you know, help everybody get in faster. So I'm, I'm always walking around and it's so funny that you said that. I'm going to start paying more attention and saying hi to you 10,000 times a day. <laughs> I guess before I started working for the 49ers, I didn't realize how much goes on behind the scenes. You are obviously a big part of organizing all of those moving parts do you think the week leading up to the event is the most stressful or the most work or like day of? I would say it's both, right? It's it's different types of concerns. Um, there's so many questions and challenges that we try to plan ahead and have all kinds of plans for the scenarios and what may happen if, you know, one thing changes. But on event day, it's a different type of concern because you need to make sure that everything goes as best as it should be. Um, but it is a lot of work, not only the week leading to it, but months before the season starts when there is a lot of planning um, on, you know, who we're going to put where and which rooms are we using and how we get things moved around the stadium and make sure that we, we don't overlap timelines with other parts of components of the game that need to take place even before kickoff. What was your path to the 49ers? Like, we're talking about your job now, but how did you get here? That is a great question. Um, I am actually from Brazil, and I moved here for my master's degree. And since I moved here, I started working with football. I started working with college football. And I ended up getting a job with the 49ers at some point, which was I'm really proud of. And... But just going back, as you said, I, I worked a lot with running and triathlon, and I actually worked the Olympics back in Brazil in 2016. And I've worked some other international soccer games um, or big events. And I think all my experience ended up bringing me to the Super Bowl 50 host committee and ultimately here at the 49ers. What was it like working in Olympics? I feel like that's everyone who works in sports, like, dream role. Wow. So when people ask me that and they have worked the Super Bowl, I tell them that it's working a Super Bowl 17 days straight just because <laughs> the days are so long, right? You start in one part of the Olympic venue with beach volleyball at 6 in the morning, but then you end up with basketball games at 11 p.m. just because of the amount of sports they need to condense in one day and and try to get that schedule going for 17 days straight. I would say that was one of the most incredible experiences, I, like work experiences I've had. It was just so incredible and con 
I don't even know how to explain this, but it was incredible just to see so many people from so many places, different backgrounds, just being on the same place because of the same passion that they have. When you were interviewing for this job, do you remember what that process was like? I do remember, and I remember it really well because it was longer than I was anticipating. I sent in my resume, right? And then I, I, after a couple of weeks, I get a call from one of our directors here. And when I came down, I was the way, maybe the way I took it, I was going to be interviewed by a couple of people. But on that day, I was interviewed by about eight people in different waves. So I will never forget that because I was here for hours, but it, it was worth it. Do you remember after you got the role, the first project you worked on? I do because I started in the middle of the season and it was a game week. So I jumped right in. Like there was no time to for anything. Uh, so my first event was 49ers and Buccaneers on a Sunday. And I think it was actually the crucial catch game too. So I will never forget that one. What is, for your role, what is the learning curve like from that first 49ers Buccaneers game to our most recent home game? Well, it's uh, that is a very interesting question. I want to say that I've learned a lot. Like every event that we work at the stadium, we, we learn something um, in a way of I'm always, I think we're always trying to improve our operations, right? And make sure that um, the guest on the, on the end of it coming to the stadium has the best experience possible. So I feel like every event we try to improve something to, to make it, make it better. And I think the things that I've learned the most is one to, to be flexible because things change and, and you need to uh, learn how to adjust to that situation and I'm going to default back to communication, but just learn how to communicate with every single person and every single level of the organization played was a, a big learning um, curve too. Um, and just, you know, as, as you get more responsibilities and you just need to learn how to deliver them in the best way. So I, I can tell you that in this about to be seven seasons, I've learned a lot. What Something that happened during your tenure here, which isn't a happy memory, but in 2020, we had games, but we didn't have fans. How did that affect your role? Like, what did you have to adjust or change in order to make sure games happened while they were happening at Levi's, but there were components that were still missing? Those were some really challenging events. That season was something else uh, we had so many protocols to comply not only local protocols but you know the the nfl protocols and we needed to make sure that everybody that came to the building complied with that as well and it was um, a lot of new signage a, 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 lot of, a lot of new rules that we all had to adapt but also teach everybody else that they had to follow and when i mean everybody else we're not talking you know, only the, the staff that had to be working on game days, but media and, and the visiting team, it was 
it was a different environment, that's for sure. But well, we were able to to make it happen and and host as many games as we could that season at home. I'm really curious when you aren't at Levi Stadium, so you're off work. You decide to go to another concert or you go to a another sporting event. Are you able to turn your work brain off or is there a part of you that's judging process and uh, user experience? Like when are you able to just kind of turn off and have fun or is work always kind of there? I don't think I can turn it off completely, <laughs> but I, I, I do try to enjoy and have fun. Right. But there's just one part of my brain that is always observing, I guess, and just very curious about other people's operations. And, and I'm genuinely curious about it. I actually, during the season or during off season, I try to reach out to other stadiums and learn their process and all that. So when I go places just, you know, to have fun, I try not to, but I'm still looking how they set up the lines or how they are doing security or some different signage or some things that just catch my eye. And I'm like, um, very interesting that they put this here. I wonder if it really helps or, you know, what, what difference does it make? And uh, yeah, I can't really shut it off all the way. Speaking of speaking to other stadiums, do you, how often are you able to talk best practices with other groups? I know in the digital realm, we have a bunch of NFL committees that we are able to like all get on calls and talk about best practices and analytics is that something that is also similar for events? Yes, absolutely. We, there are some NFL committees as well. And we, you know, when you've been in the industry and the, this goes back to our leadership here, you, you make some good friends along the way. So those connections, when we learn about new technology that other venues are using and we're interested about it too, we can always reach out and people are very willing to share uh, the best practices because at the end of the day, we're all in this together. Something that you mentioned, we're going back a couple questions, but you have an MBA in sports marketing and a master's in sports management. What made you want to get additional schooling? Hmm. I, well, I always liked school and I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> I'm with I, you. <laughs> okay, great. That makes me feel less bad. I wanted to get into the sport industry and back at home, that was one of the paths to do it, right? It, it was a tighter circle with maybe a little less opportunities than what you see here. And went right after I entered the program back at home, I started working with running and, and triathlon. So that took me where I wanted to go. And I was always had some interest in doing some exchange program or living abroad, but I was never into, you know, those... Um, not really the language learning. I wanted I wanted something more. So I started doing some research and I found some great sport management programs and I thought it would be great for my career wherever I would ended up going that I would learn a different perspective of managing sports or what it entails to, to manage a sport in another country. And that's how I ended up here. It was, uh, I, I, just gen I just generally wanted to know more about management styles or, or how the sport industry is different um, in different countries. And I don't regret it. I actually, every now and then, 
bring up the, the question, like, should I keep going? Uh, one day will I go for another degree? Um, I keep that on the back of my mind. Maybe one day I will. When you're interviewing people, like advanced degrees aren't a make or break, but do you have anything you look for on resumes or in interviews that for someone who would work for you or work on a game day staff that you highlight? There are some skills that are very easy to learn, but there are some that when you're starting or when we're hiring, we, we, we look more than others, right? Um, because the person would start with a little bit of an advantage. I think one of them is just willingness to learn. Um, because if you don't have the other skills, but you're willing to learn anything and, you know, be hands-on, you can learn anything and, and, and we can teach. It's just a matter of, so I'd say that the one that I, that we, I look for, it's an interesting in learning new things because if the person kind of fits the organization cultures and hair and have that curiosity and, and just sort of be open to learn new things, we, we can teach them anything they want or anything they need to be successful at the job. Yeah, I love that. I, okay, so we end the podcast with a lightning round. It doesn't have to be short answers. We just don't have another name for the round. If you can think of one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but what what is your favorite thing about your job? I love that my days are never the same right? Because we have to work with so many clients and so many different types of events. My days are never the same and I love it. I can start my day, you know, on my desk and then be walking around for three hours and helping with an event. And, and I think that's very unique for operations and just makes the job very different than any other job. What's your favorite game day memory? Ooh. Does it have to be one or can it be two? It can definitely be two. Okay, great. So I think I would say the first one was the national an the national anthem on my very first game back in 2016. I will never forget that one. And the second one that tops, uh, it's kind of full circle from when I started. And I remember the national anthem was the trophy ceremony for the NFC Championship game in 2019. When... I guess I, I don't know if you're superstitious or not, but is it weird making plans for something like a trophy presentation, knowing that the team may or may not win? Uh, it comes with the job, right? So we work with all kinds of different plans for all kinds of uh, possible game results. So we, we try to stay positive and, you know, just uh, send, keep, Keep thinking that it's going to happen, but um, I'm just happy it didn't go the other way. <laughs> yeah. What is the last skill you learned? This is not going to be really um, job related, but I'm studying Italian, so I can say that's still in progress. Um, I just love learning new things, right? And uh, so not job related. I'm, I'm learning a new language, but are you going to go to Italy? I've been there a couple of times, but that's my family ancestry. And um, 
lots of my family members speak Italian. So I'm, I'm trying to do that too. That's really impressive. So <laughs> how many languages can you speak now? Well, I am fluent in Portuguese because that's my mother language. I do speak English and I would say my Spanish is not fluent, but I can speak a little bit of Spanish. Now I'm learning Italian. I, you are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm not sure about that, but thank you. Oh, no, I, I think you, I, I don't think many people would disagree with me on that one. (laughs) That's great. Do you have a favorite project you've worked on? Yes, there's a lot of them, but my favorite is the Super Bowl uh, trip. I had to, I helped our team here um, plan the trip for all the 49ers friends and family that made it to Miami. So that was a very, very fun project to work on. Did you have previous experience doing travel? Like that's a lot of logistics that aren't at the stadium. Not travel per se, but uh, other components of the transportation. I I helped a little bit in the Olympics, so I had a little background on that. But it was really fun organizing and planning, you know, all the bag check, like luggage drop off at the stadium and (laughs) everything we we did. And, you know, reserving and talking to CHP and checking the bus routes and make sure that we had enough buses and enough um, luggage trucks to, to take everything to the airport. And that was, it was a great time. Did you get to enjoy any of the, the travel process or being in Miami? Yes, I did actually. It was uh, very busy before we left because um, you have pretty much two weeks to get everything in place and ready to go. And it's a lot for two weeks, right? But uh, we, we got it done. And, but once I got to Miami, I didn't have many responsibilities over there. Um, but I did have to take care of the things for the travel back home. So when I was there, I did get to enjoy and, and you go, go check all the activations, the parties, and, and definitely sat on a seat and watch the game. That never happens. Do you have, I have many questions. One, do you have a favorite Miami memory? This is going to sound, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I think my favorite memory is just having my mom over there. Um, She was here on vacation, spending Christmas, and then we made it to the playoffs. She changed her flight, stayed for the playoff game. We won. She changed her flight again. And she's like, if you're going to the Super Bowl, you're taking me. I was like, sure. (laughs) So I think my favorite memory is just having my mom there with me. I loved that about the whole trip and am so thankful to the Yorks because it was it was amazing to have everyone take a family member. Like I took my mom as well. And that was just such an experience to get to share with someone. Absolutely. I think we, we were all very grateful for everything they they offered us, right? And I'm even more thankful for the opportunity to Play a little part on making sure that everybody got there and had some fun. Okay. Other uh, follow-up. How many people, I mean, I don't know if people know this. I think I've talked about it on another podcast, on another episode, is that 
whether you win or lose the Super Bowl, you have an after party. How many people missed the plane the next day? Surprisingly, none. Wow. I, yes. I'm, a, I'm impressed with all of us. And uh, <laughs> Yes. And, and the other curious part is that, you know, there's no bag luggages that got lost either, which surprised me. So uh, good point for us. Very good. For someone who wants your job or wants to work in sports, what is your advice to get that step into the industry? Well, there's um, a handful of things that will always help people get where they want to be, right? And one of them is networking. But I think my biggest piece of advice is not to compare yourself with other people. I just believe that people come from different backgrounds and they have different journeys um, where they learn new, you know, they, people just have different experiences. Um, the path may not be as straight and up as, you know, you would like it to be. So that's why not comparing yourself with others uh, plays a big role here, because if you keep doing the work and, you know, connecting with people, learning about the industry making, putting yourself out there to be discovered, um, it will take you where you want to go. But if you keep comparing yourself with other people or their um, successes or how they achieved, you know, everything, it, it might not take you where you want to go just because of different backgrounds and paths. In the next five to, let's say, 10 years, where do you hope to see the events industry grow? Wow. There's so many things that, there's so many pieces of the event industry, but I think I would love to see creative ways on how to improve the fan experience because there's so, so many things that go and that can impact the fan experience, right? You're talking like from the moment people leave their houses to the moment they get back to their houses. So anything that can improve, help us improve operations or any event operations that will impact the fan experience, I think I would love to see that. But creative new ways, you know. Um, we're always keeping an eye on what everybody does. And I'm very curious to see where technology will lead uh, the fan experience in the next few years. Final question. It's my favorite question. Every job posting has the ominous other duties as assigned bullet point all the way at the bottom. Have you done something with the 49ers that you weren't expecting or that maybe wasn't written as a primary job function on that initial job posting? I don't know if this falls as a recurrent job function, but there were definitely times where we had to jump in and help put giveaways on the 70,000 seats before games um, to make sure that the, all the seats had it. And I don't think I was expecting that one when I first started. <laughs> uh, but we try to make it fun, you know, with... Uh, it takes a long time and it takes a big group, but um, in those situations where it happened, 
um, we definitely made it fun. What is the strategy for putting something on seats? Do you take row one all the way around? Do you take a section? Uh, it, it depends on where you are at the stadium or how big your facility is, right? Uh, I would say definitely by sections, um, but also depending what the giveaway is. You've got to make sure that you know it fits either the chair or the cup holder, all the things that people don't think about. Uh, if it's wrapped or not, if we need to unwrap it, you know, everything takes time. If you know it's fits t-shirts, you need to fold it. Can we roll it? Can we, do we need to like to put on the chair? All these little things. Um, I would say by sections for sure. Well, thank you. That's the end. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, I am very happy to share my story and uh, thank you for inviting me.